welcome to episode 39 of In The Saddle Podcast. I'm joined by the man in form, Chris Loaders. I'll be hosting today. What we're going to do is we're going to have a quick look at Saturday's card for betting preview. We're going to focus on new market and market raising. First of all, we'll see how our top pundit is doing. What's your form like just now, Chris? Yeah, it's been a little bit disappointing this week. One of those with a one of those weeks where you just have a few hard luck stories. Um, been knocking at the door, bit of bit of case of seconditis, you know. So, yeah, it's it's been a bit frustrating this week. For the majority of the month, though, it's been pretty decent. Had a lot of winning naps and quite a few winners all around the place, you know. So yeah, it's just been a little bit disappointing this week. But hopefully, we can be firing in some winners this weekend. As they say, it's not a five-four long sprint; it's a Grand National. Um, obviously, looking at your statistics right now, if everyone was back in your stakes long term or your selections, they'd be well, well in front. Let's get into the action. We're going to start a new market. Okay, we're going to start in the one fifty Judmont Royal Lodge Stakes Group Two. What do you like here, Chris? Yeah, I thought this was quite a wide open race in the end, but when you take everything into consideration, I do think the favourite is a good thing. Um, quite like Cope here for Clive Cox and Adam Kirby. Plenty of rock solid form. Um, won a listed race, won the Stonehenge Stakes at Salisbury last time. That form was boosted by Fancy Man for Richard Hannon, who was an easy winner. Uh, Haydock in a listed race next time, so that's worked out quite well. His form in the Pat Addery Stakes behind Chinder is good as well. Um, Chinder went on to win at uh, Doncaster to win the Champagne Stakes, which is always seen as a very good two-year-old race every year. Naval Crown, St. Lawrence, they all went on to win on their subsequent starts. You know, So Cobe has got a lot to like about his chances. Cody Bear as well is a first-season sire uh, that's doing really well. He finished second uh, himself in the Dewhurst as a two-year-old. So going to Newmarket, shouldn't be too, you shouldn't be too concerned, I think. And if there's a bit of rain around, which there, sh- there has been a little bit this morning at the time of recording, we're making this on a Friday morning, uh, there has been a little bit of rain around. So if there's a bit of cut in the ground, that shouldn't be a problem as well because he went on top the Haydock. There's You just can't really knock him really. And I think the others, from what we've seen so far, they I think they would have to step up to beat him. Uh, Gear Up is a horse that I do like for Mark Johnston, but I don't think his form overall is that good Ontario for Aidan O'Brien you have to respect him the top connections I would say he is the biggest danger Cadillac um, went on to win very nicely at Leopardstown after that run at the car so yeah I would say Ontario is the biggest danger and I I do think it's between those two but if I had to go with one I just think Cobe I, I just think his form is absolutely rock solid and I just think uh, he's the one I'd rather be on yeah, I mean, Adam Kirby, Clive Cox connections, always a plus. Um, and obviously that runner-up, uh, Scott, sub- subsequent champagne st- stakes winner, Shinda, seven before resuming winning ways, gutsy di- display. And a one-mile listed race at Salisbury, definitely looks like the one to beat for me. Um, the others have got a bit to find and some more improvement. Colby's currently a five to two chance, best price available at the moment. So, I mean, I'd probably side with that as well, so... We've probably got off to a good start here. We're in agreement. <laughs> Moving on to the next race, we're going to have a look at the 225 at Newmarket, the Judmont Chivley Park Stakes, Phillies Group 1. I think this is where the disagreement starts, Chris. What do we like here? 
Yeah, well, I, I thought this was a little bit more wide open than the betting suggested. The one I would want to take on is actually Dan Della, who, with three ones next to her name, you might, must think I'm crazy, but I just think she was a bit more of an early season type, um, a little bit more further forward than some of her rivals, and I wasn't really convinced, actually, by the win at um, Newmarket on the July course last time in the Duchess of Cambridgeshire Stakes, even though the form has been boosted by Feb Rover. I'm, I'm not sure. It, it didn't look like she was going to, in my opinion, I don't think she's going to take another step forward, if that makes sense. I think we found her ceiling. Miss Amulet is an interesting contender for Ken Condon. He doesn't, he's not coming here lightly. He must obviously really fancy their chances. And I, I do think that is that, that, that she is setting the benchmark sacred is a horse that has got form tied in and also as well um Caltham Sacred probably should have got the job done that day. I know we were sweating because we laid her for that Doncaster run and I think yeah. she traded was it one one oh one in running or I give us what one oh two and one oh one oh three for about it's about forty five thousand. Yeah. I mean I mean I think she's one of those horses that she's in between a bit of a trip. She she's fine at five, she's fine at six, but I just fear that there's something a little bit better. Happy romance, you've got to respect as well. Plenty of rock solid form. Um, you know, winning that sales race at at York, that that's actually not bad form. Um, some good form lines there. Won the big sales race as well, a sprint race at uh, Newbury, but the one that. I'm going to side with here as uh, more of an each way selection. I, I can't see her being knocked out of the three. I think she'll run a very good race, and that's alcohol free for Andrew Bolding and O'Sheen Murphy. Now, I, I would urge anyone to go and watch the replay of her debut win at Newbury. She really picked up well, beating a horse of Simon and Egg Crisford, who has gone in since. You always get plenty of strong um, maidens, uh, newcomer races at Newbury. So, the what the way she won that day suggests that she was just going to improve in my opinion. She did a lot wrong as well. She was a bit keen, she was a bit green. She was hanging as well, and then we saw the same kind of temperament in her at Salisbury. And even though Happy Romance did get the better of her that day, um, alcohol free, she did hang badly um, to her left. And uh, Rob Hornby he um, had to change um, his whip over to his left hand at a crucial time. And even though I'd say probably Happy Romance was probably going to have still won the race, I just like the profile of Alcohol Free. That was only a second start. And, I, and to me, she just screams of a filly that's going to keep on improving. Oshin Murphy booked as well. Um, and also as well, she's by no name never. Um, if, I think there will be a little bit of cut in the ground tomorrow at Newmarket. It will be riding probably on the slower side of good, in my opinion. Um, no, no, never. His progeny seemed to like a bit of juice in the ground. And also as well, it was a little bit soft as well when she won on debut at Newbury. So I just think there's more to come from her. And I think the, the others, like I said, I think especially like the likes of Dan Della, I think they're a little bit more of an early season type. And, I, and I'd rather be on the side of improvers than the already proven, if that makes sense, with the two-year-olds at the moment or with the way it's been working out. Yeah, I can definitely see your angle there with alcohol free. Um, she was very, very slowly away at Salisbury last time out, and obviously the, the winner that she goes up against here, Happy Romance, is one I, I actually like. I mean, there's, 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 there's 
clear clear argument in cases that she could reverse that form. Um, she looks like an, a classic improver. Obviously, Oshin's on board. Um, only had two runs so far, and I know that the Richard Hannon stable. They really, really like Happy Romance. Um, she's she's a top filly, and it's interesting when she won it. Happy Romance won at Sandown. I think it was in a three-runner race. Just be interesting, just for our listeners here, for a little bit of inside info. She came up against the horse of Clive Cox's called Fernando Ra, which was actually withdrawn. I wouldn't go in the stalls. But they really, really like Fernando Ra. Um, he's not been out since, but ran very, very well on his barrier trial. And actually, he beats a horse that... Our nemesis, Nando Parado at home, which is comfortably, which is currently rated 111. So Fernando Ra is definitely one for the notebook. He hasn't ran yet. And interestingly, he has a, an entry for the Darley Two Horse Stakes Group 1 at Newmarket on October the 10th. And he's as short as 14 to 1. So there's a little bit of inside info for the listeners. But for me, for this race, I think Happy Romance She's a really, really nice filly, and I think the form is solid. Um, but I can see your angle on al- alcohol-free. She'll now the two runs. Ocean Murphy on board. She gets a better, better getaway out the stalls. She's, she's, she's going to be bang there. She's currently best price ten to one. Best price Happy Romance eleven to two. I'd, I'd be surprised if we didn't get at least something placed there, Chris, with those two selections. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think, um, I think it's a, it's an open race and. The horses at the top of the market, especially Dan Dalla, she's one that I'm keen to to definitely oppose. Um, I think, and I think she'll be a drifter on the day as well. So yeah, I, I think that there's alternatives to be had, and I do think Cappy Romance and now Cole Free will be definitely doing their best work late. So yeah, I think I think those two are solid contenders to make the frame. Eleven to four, Dan Dalla. You want to be laying that when you maybe in the place market as well. Odds on. So. Alcohol free, it's Chris's selection at 10 to 1 each way, and I quite like Happy Romance around 11 to 2. And obviously, our Fernando Ra for Clive Cox is a little bit of info for the listeners there. Moving on to the three o'clock at Newmarket, another horse which we've done well with info. Can you remember which horse this was here, Chris? In the Judmont Middle Stakes? Yes, it is. Uh, the, the, the horse that we've had uh, good vibes from ever since its debut run is Method, but I'm a little bit concerned that we haven't seen him for a little while. Maybe that's a good thing, you know, that they wanted to target him at these later, uh, at these later two-year-old Group One races. Uh, you know, he's done nothing wrong. Um, but I just think some of his form, um, especially the Newbury, uh, no, especially um, the Newbury run, um, isn't actually as solid as it m- may appear. Um, the the Doncaster run has obviously worked out with Fev Rover and he and he's a monster of a horse, isn't he? He's very big, um. So you'd like to think he he's probably actually going to make a better three year old than a two year old, um. But just looking at this race as a whole, I just think a lot of the horses at the top of the market, they've got a lot of holes in, in their form. Minzau couldn't have been more than an impressive winner by winning that race at York when he won the Gim Crack, you know. And I think he, I think. Him and Method do set the standard uh, from the British um, from the British team. Uh, L- Lucky Vega is an interesting horse. Was slightly unlucky in I, what I think is actually the best two-year-old race we've seen so far in the national stakes this season. I would say that is the best two-year-old race we've seen in Britain or Ireland this season. 
Um, supremacy, yeah, you have to respect his chances for Clive Cox. Um, beat Yazaman, but Yazaman hasn't done too much for that form since then. Yes, he finished second behind line of departure in that sales race at Doncaster, but he's not really he's not really done what you would expect. And he was a warm favourite for that race at Goodwood. Lauded as well. Um has been well beaten since who finished in third place that day. So Supremacy's form isn't that strong. Tactical ran um in a good race in the pre morning uh, group one form um and has done a lot of good things this season but i just wondered if he was a little bit more forward than some of the others uh, along the way i just think it's a very wide open race and i'm not keen on anything at the top of the market i, I would say if i had to go for one i probably would go with method from our inside info and what we've seen but the one i've come down on and i could be mad for this one is charterhouse each way at 50 to 1. Now, I'm not going to say he's going to win, um, but I do think he'll run a big race, and I could definitely see him being placed. Um, an Irish raider trained by John Joseph Murphy and Tom Marquand, who uh, was uh, riding in these colours a couple of weeks ago when he rode Galileo Chrome to victory in St. Ledger's, but for the ride. So it's interesting that they're coming here. And also as well, I think the angle dropping back down to six furlongs isn't actually a negative this horse if you watch his racing so far especially in his last couple of starts he's a horse that um that likes to be up with the pace and i think that could be key tomorrow Newmarket can be one of those funny tracks where sometimes it can favor horses up there with the lead um and we know he's got the stamina to last home over the six from his seven furlong runs and his run last time uh, which actually came in that national stakes wasn't that bad uh, he ran well for a really long way um, and he, he he was the only one really that had been up there throughout that he did the best of let's say the pace that was to finish in sixth place yes um, Lucky Vega picked him off but he didn't beat him out of sight and he wasn't beaten that far uh, only beaten a few lengths so I think dropping back in trip is really interesting tomorrow with him and in what lo looks like a, a, a messy race, uh, where I think a lot of the horses to the fore will probably won't... I, I expect a couple of them to run below par or not to improve. I just think Charterhouse, it's interesting that they're coming here. And this sire as well, Charming Four, actually won this race um, several years ago now. I just think there's a lot to like about his chances of running... A big race and Tom Marquand as well he's been the man of the moment the last two weekends winning the air gold cup last week and then he won the St. Ledger the weekend before he's definitely the man to be following yeah I just think at 50 to 1 if you want to fun each way bet you could do a lot worse at, at those odds eight runners at the moment obviously if there is any known runners play the exchange so you can still get the three places I mean, this could be the sort of race that you could play five places on Betfair and you could still get a decent price for a place here yeah definitely on has definitely i think charterhouse he he's he, we know we know the plan if he's being held up early on i would i'd be like what the hell are they doing um because I, I, he could be vulnerable to more speedier types but i just think it's not gonna be a race about speedier types i think i think it could be quite a strong a strong tempo and and he'll still be finding i'll be disappointed with chart house if he if he's if he's not given a prominent ride if he's given a hold up ride i i wouldn't i i, I would then, then begin to question the tactics I, I i would like to see him 
run forward? Just going back to method, um, and obviously we, we've done quite well out of this horse so far. Um, obviously winning at Doncaster on the 26th of June, we actually put up in our Telegram group a group horse and a maiden. And we didn't just back it at two to one to win that day. We actually bet the distance bet to win by over two lengths. We got eight to one. Screenshot of the bet. So it's in our Telegram group. We'll put a link below. Maybe took out about just about four or four and a half thousand, but we put one of the bets in a Telegram group. So you can see the screenshot. And uh, the money was on group horse and a maiden before the horse even ran. And obviously looking at the form now, the horse was second that day. Was it Richard Fahey's Fave Rovers obviously improved the form. Mighty Gurkhas looks a decent animal as well. So the form's solid. And the info from the yard is this this thing, they can't get this thing off the bridle. And it's the Guinea's horse for next year. So I have to stick with method in this race. And one at a price for me would be the Learjet as well. I still think. This horse has ability. Ocean Murphy on board. One well at Yarmouth on debut. Um, and the form, the form behind Lucky Vega isn't actually that bad after being hampered at the Curra. Um, and obviously finishing second with the other one being disqualified at Hollow Star. So method and the Learjet each way for me. And I can totally see Chris's angle on Charterhouse. And it's it's one of those races where play the additional place market on the bet for exchange you get a lot of value maybe have a maybe have a little bit on the win as well because you'll get a bit of value there as well so moving on to the 335 a 29 runner handicap a chris loader special one which i avoid like the plague Cambridgeshire handicap heritage handicap class two what do we like here chris well for me i think it all revolves around the favourite here, which is Tempest for Good. Roger Charlton and Jason Watson. Now, I actually put him up to win at Ascot last time as my nap on my YouTube channel because I just thought that this was the plan, the Cambridgeshire. It was a race, that race at Ascot, that Lord North, who won this race, the Cambridgeshire last year, he actually um, finished second in that race at Ascot. So that race at Ascot has always been, in the last couple of years, a springboard to this race. But for me, Tempest, you, you look at his profile and um, it just screams group horse. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be a group one horse, but I definitely think he's up to better company. Now, He's the key thing about him tomorrow is he's going to be running off a mark of 93, but he's actually officially rated now 100 because he was raised £7 for that comfortable success at Ascot. And I remember the last year... I, I back the winner, Lord North. I normally like to look at the three-year-old angle and, and the John Gosden because he's won it the last couple of years, but I don't think he's runner this year, um, the one that Frankie's booked to ride. Uh, it, it, I don't think he's up to the, up to winning a race of this nature, but I just think Tempest, you, you always want to be looking at the improving horse. It doesn't necessarily have to be a three-year-old, but you want to be looking at the improver. And for me, Tempest, he just smacks of an improver to me um the ground whatever it is shouldn't be an issue he's won on heavy ground before um so if there is a bit of cut that's no problem he's by kingman he's got a lovely jub month pedigree he's related to time test who was a very good mare. he he's just got a lovely uh, pedigree roger charlton as well does well he, this is the kind of horse i like him with um an improving handicapper that could maybe go into maybe group two group three kind of company i could definitely see him um running in some of those races next year 
and being being up to the mark. Um, he's got a good draw as well. Uh, the, the key thing about this race in recent years, you kind of want to have a draw around about the 20 mark and 20 plus. Uh, he's drawn um, on the correct part of the track in uh, stool. Is it stool 23 he's drawn in? Um, yeah, stool 23. So he's just got a lot, lot of things to like about him. And like I said, he's well treated off his mark of 93. Um, he, he's, he's failed to finish outside of the frame in the majority of his career uh four four wins from six starts you know so yeah just a lot to like about it i think he won't want for other than 10 furlongs um i think he's got a bit of speed to him which comes from kingman i think the one thing we need to look at especially when we're looking at kingman's progeny he, he's definitely for me at this kind of trip, the sire that's been the one you want to follow. You look at the likes of Palace Pier, really um, stamping his name over this kind of distance, the mile, 10 furlong division. I think I think he's very like his sire, Kingman. Uh, there is plenty of stamina on the dam side of the pedigree. There's quite a few horses that were able to get two miles, mile and a half, you know. So being by passage of time on his dam side, you like to think maybe he could get a mile and a half, but I don't think he. I don't think he needs that trip. I think for him, he is a mile ten furlong kind of specialist. The, the kind of distance that the Cambridgeshire, the, the Cambridgeshire handicap is over a mile. It's an unusual race. It's over a mile and one furlong, so nine furlongs. I just think between the mile and the ten furlongs, this is his his distance, and obviously. In a race like this, there are going to be people that want to take him on because they don't like betting favourites. But I just think you look at the others, that they're, they're going to have to have their question marks. I mean, if we had to talk about maybe a couple of others at a price, um, for me, I think I quite like the chances of Metapham to be there. You know, you can't really knock him. He, he's been running plenty of solid races this, this season for... For William Haggis, but I just think he's a little bit high in the weights now. But if we were going with loads of places, I think he's definitely one to bear in mind. And one I, I will give a chance to that I actually um I actually spoke about this horse a few months ago. And that's Marcus Dragonin's horse that um that's called Power of Darkness. Now Marcus Dragonin has really had a resurgence this year with Mahafa. Uh, he's got Alm Kumate now as well, that was the winner of the Mill Reef. But this horse, Power of Darkness is a horse that's not owned by uh, Sheikh Hamdan, um, it's owned by RCC Villiers. But Power of Darkness, over the last few years, we've not seen him many times, but he has run really well in some decent handicaps. Now, last season, he won a good handicap at, um, at Ascot on Shergar Cup Day. He's won, um, he's run really well at the course before at Newmarket, finished second behind Berenger, who finished second behind Lord North in the Cambridgeshire last year. And I think he's been targeted for this race quite a few times in his career, but he's just he just had one or two injuries. But this is the first time he's he, he would have been able to run. Now, he is off a mark of 98, which for some people, might, they might say the handicap has got him. But I still think he's got a couple of pounds in, in hand. You know, I, I think he is a 100-pound horse. Um, uh, in the waiting, I think he he does have a little bit more to come. And even though yes, he was beaten on his only start we've seen from him this season, where he finished seventh on the Rowley Mile, 
I just think maybe he didn't he needed to run that day and he didn't get the clearest passages as well. The form has actually worked out quite well because if you look at that, the horses are in behind. Auburn um, was well beaten in that race, but he went on to win on his next start at Newmarket. Uh, not Newmarket, York, sorry. Um, then you had the sixth place horse, Lady Beaufort. She's a Group 3 winner now. Um, so even though he was beaten in that race, he wasn't that far beaten. And it was a bit of a messy race that's actually worked out quite well. So... Yeah, I think Power of Darkness, if I had to go away from Tempest, he would probably be my strongest selection each way to, to make the uh, to make the places. And he's got a not bad draw as well in Stall 19. So Power of Darkness, this has been a long-term target, I think, for the last couple of years. He's been an injury-prone horse, but with a trainer that's done so well this year, I think Power of Darkness is a good each way bet. I think it was well, Ken Schumacher's been riding a lot of winners. Um, he's quite likely raced Power of Darkness for a five-year-old, obviously, taking injuries in consideration. He's currently a 25-to-1 shot. Best price available. You might get bigger on the day. Tempest. Um, I can see your group horse in a handicap angle. Um, best price currently 6-to-1. You'd imagine you'd be getting some additional place offers on this market. Um, 29 runners should be one of taking advantage of that. From a betting point of view, in my my point of view it's not a race that i would be getting involved in it looks it looks trappy it looks competitive but crystal selection is tempest six to one and power of darkness and interest around 25 to one so that wraps up the flat and we're just gonna have a quick move over to the jumps we're gonna have a little look at market raising on saturday we're gonna have a look at a listed race um the 245 what do you like here chris yeah well it's it's not a bad little card at market raising tomorrow. This is one of their highlights of the summer season, um, and I've I've had some success over the last couple of years in this race, and and the one I I quite liked here was uh, Brandon Castle for Bryony Frost, and Neil King. I think I've seen. Uh, I don't think there's too many better markets up at the moment, but I think I did see around about six to one for him earlier. Um, and I think that's a fair price, uh, definitely an each way price at least anyway for the for the each way fees. But this horse, I think this has been the plan uh, all summer for him. Uh, loves the track, won over the course and distance on his last two starts at the track. And even though he is up to a mark of 139 now, which for some might be a little bit high in the weights, I still think the way the race could be run will definitely suit him. He's a horse that likes an easy lead. He likes to make things, um, he likes to make his own running. Um, Briley Frost knows him really well. And um, I think there's no one better actually um, over the National Hunt game, over hurdles or fences than Briley when trying to set the fractionals up front. She really gets the horses to jump for her. Um, and I just think in a race where sometimes the horses out the back, they, they don't always get the clearest of runs or things might not exactly go to plan. Keeping it nice and simple, I just think Brandon Castle, I think he's a solid contender to be in the first three. He's had a little spin on the flat as well recently um, in the old Borough Cup at Haydock where he ran a respectable seventh place, um, just fading out um, against some better types on the flat but yeah he's got he's got all the ability to win a race of this nature uh, he's been running well this summer loves of course lots like about his chances yeah I was, I'd mentioned that that run at Haydock as well um, ran ran very very well off the mark of 88 he's only beating about five lengths and um, did come there to challenge just fading the final furlong 
was actually in the Dark Jedi's race uh, where we had that nap. It just got picked up by Jim Goldie's Luke and Glenn. Um, Dark Jedi was a bit disappointing yesterday when getting turned over an even money favourite. But Brandon Castle I mean, gets an uncontested lead. I mean, it's definitely a course that you want to be handy and you don't want to be too far back in market raising. Currently a 13 to 2 chance at the moment. So it looks like a cracking each way bet. Doesn't look the toughest of races. Um, if she gets to the front, this is going to be trading. This could be trading half the price after maybe two fences, you know? Yeah, definitely. I could use, I, I could see it, see it going off favour actually for this race. So I think it'll be there and thereabouts. So I think, I think from, from the early prices what I've seen, it was around about six to one. But I expect it not to drift. I, I expect the money to to come for it. I don't think it will be much bigger than about nine to two. So it probably, it could be again. I, I mean, I don't mind getting involved with those kind of prices, nine to two on the day each way. You know, especially as well. There are caught. I'm not sure it's twelve runners. I'm not sure if that's a fifth or quarter of the odds, but. Even so, you know, you're not. If it places, you, you're going to get your money back pretty much, whatever happens. If it's up or down slightly with the quarter or the odds or the fifth, so yeah, great each way bet. That's nothing, I think, even if it does go off around about nine to two. Yeah, a lot of people are quite hesitant to taking these early prices, but last weekend was a prime example in our podcast. We put up the Haggis horse and we put up the horse in King's Line, the one Oshim was on. I mean, they've got absolutely yeah. smashed. Didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, sometimes it if you sometimes I know a lot of people won't bet until the morning, but I'm an overnight man personally. I know some a lot of firms these days don't always give you. I know Sky Better been guilty of that recently in the last um, few months. It's been a rule of theirs that uh, if you, if you take a price, um, but but before before the day, so like say like you put it on at seven eight o'clock in the evening, you won't get paid out the, the best odds uh, if there was a bit of a drift. So. It, it it can have its negatives as well. However, I always find that a lot of horses I fancy in particular, they're always quite well gambled on or, or they're not they don't normally drift too much in the market. So yeah, getting on early is, is never a bad thing in my experience. If I could press you for your your nap of the weekend, what would it be? Well, I think it'd have to be Tempest, to be honest with you. Um I just been really sweet on his horse. I know he's favourite for a big run of handicap, but I just get the same vibes like I did last year of Lord North. I na- yeah, I lapped, I, I napped Lord, Lord North this time last year. I uh, got on him at 10 to 1, you know, and obviously he hosed up, he was 5 to 1 favourite in the end. I don't think Tempest will go really short. Uh, he's around about a 6 to 1 shot at the moment, and I don't think he'll drift either. He, he might maybe, you might get a bit of 7s, I think, maybe on the day, um, but I expect him to be up there co-favorite worse than that case scenario I, I see i see him i see him go no bigger than five to one come post time uh but i don't think he'll get much shorter either i think he'll be four to one five to one kind of bracket um and i expect him to be to be there and have every chance um and i think he and i think he will win okay chris Fuller's nap tempest six to one i will be napping method five to two um three o'clock at judmont middle park stakes in newmarket this horse the rumors the rumors are are big and they really like this horse i think came off the bridle yeah at home i think it's definitely one to be i think he could go six to four to, on saturday i think he's gonna get absolutely smash with frankie on board uh yeah listen it's been great chris um just to all our listeners as well we'll put the link to our telegram group in the bio of this podcast just make sure you give us a follow we put up any information we get any late bets after the podcast anything we're doing and it hasn't been recorded in the podcast 
we put on a Telegram group. We put up a free horse racing double every day, trying to trying to win some money for the punters. Any information we put in the group, we'll put it in the bio. And just make sure you subscribe to our SoundCloud page, Spotify and iTunes. It really helps get our podcast out there on and on iTunes as well. If you could give us a five-star rating, that'd be great as well, so we can improve our reach. But yeah, that's great. Good luck, everyone, this weekend. Cheers.